0: A Spontaneous and Unrehearsed Interview.
1: Hello, and welcome to the 117th episode of Curiosityness. I'm Travis DeRose, and I'm the host of the show you're listening to. And so on this episode, we're continuing our Route 66 Adventures, Part 4, And now we're talking about California Route 66. So I have on Scott Piotrowski. He is the president of the California Historic Route 66 Association. Uh, So this is a great episode. We talk... Scott's awesome. He really has a ton of enthusiasm for California and Route 66. So he kind of shares... He does share all that stuff. A bit of history, what the association does the attractions and PUIs with a ton of good resources and stuff like that so I think you're gonna like this episode a lot um and remember this is we're we're doing Route 66 me and the family RV four weeks on the road hopefully we don't the first few days are gonna be rough we're gonna yell at each other and fight and bicker but then we'll all settle in and let the majesty of Route 66 engulf us um, so you, if you want to follow along with that, you can go to visiting66.com and I'm going to have photos and tours and interviews of the places we go and, and interviews with people on the road and stuff like that. You know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, and then, I, you know, of course, we got other stuff in, in this series. I talked to Jim Hinckley and uh, some of the other Route 66 state associations. Uh, I'm going to try to do Route 66 in 66 seconds. So we'll see if I can pull that off. I'm going to try to do like a time-lapse of the whole road. Maybe it'll work out, maybe it won't. Uh, So just tons of good stuff if you're interested in Route 66. Again, um, visiting 66.com. And that's it. Let's get to the episode with Scott uh, from the California Historic Route 66 Association. Scott, how you doing, bud? Thanks for coming on.
0: Doing good. Good to see you, Travis. How's it going today?
1: Uh, doing good. Can't complain much. Uh, getting ramped up for a, a Route 66 trip here. So I'm excited to talk to you about all this.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to, to spread the wealth of knowledge and, and great places along California's mother road
1: for sure. So is California the, the beginning or the end of Route 66?
0: That's wherever you are now. I mean, I, I, for me, it's always the beginning because that's where I live. But you know, most people travel east to west. So yeah, they think it's the end. Whatever. That's my start point.
1: Right, yeah. I don't think it really matters, but uh I'm in LA LA area too. I'm in uh Long Beach. So we've done we've done kind of a you know, just traveling. We've always had an R V in my family, so we've kinda of picked up on Route sixty six stuff as we go around. Never have really done the trip, but uh now we're finally doing the full the the full route. We're starting in Chicago, going to LA, so we're doing the the westbound trip and uh yeah, finally you know just doing the pilgrimage i guess
0: it's something i think everybody needs to do at some point i mean it's i did the kind of the same thing uh, my background i grew up in ohio and i've been in la now for uh t- most well more than half my life now actually 25 years and um i when i moved out here i kind of knew where route 66 was and knew a little bit about it and didn't really know much, but knew that it was important, but didn't know why. And so, I started kind of just following portions of it when I moved. And for me, it really literally was a pilgrimage. I mean, I I came out here on the road, not with no job and nowhere to live and just knew I needed to be in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, it it really, it was a pilgrimage in in a lot of ways for me. And it's when I kind of first found out about 66 and and fell in love with it pretty fast. So,
1: yeah, that's such a, yeah, no, that's a great story. You'd kind of heard about it, and um, just kind of head travel on it, coming to LA. I love that. So, yeah, is that kind of because um, I, I feel like I'm similar too, where you and then most people, I think at least in in the U.S. or kind of abroad too, everywhere you kind of hear of Route 66, but you don't really know why it's important or anything like that. So, did you just kind of slowly start going down the rabbit hole, or how'd you get kind of you know to where you yeah, are so- today as the the president of the California Historic Route 66 Association. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's been a long trip and a long journey and pun fully intended there. Um, <laughs> no, when I grew up, I was always, my family used to do summer vacations, you know, so we would go somewhere different every summer and, you know, always a road trip somewhere. We would never fly. And so I, those two things were kind of embedded in me of like exploring and, and traveling by car. And mm-hmm. um, so when I was moving out here, I had I had an interest in history as well. And so I, I mean, you have to remember also this was 90, 1996 and there really wasn't much in the way of an Internet back then. So sure. it was a lot more, you know, looking up stuff in, in encyclopedias and libraries and that kind of thing. And um, so there was a there was only one Route 66 website at that point. And one of the things that they <laughs> had on it, it was um, God, was it Drees? I think it was Drees, uh, his website. And one of the things that was on it was turn by turn directions because, you know, 66 wasn't even in 1996. It wasn't on the map anymore. So, um, I printed out this like thick booklet of, of turn by turn directions. And, um, for my path, I didn't pick up 66 until Oklahoma. And so I, you know, about halfway through the book, basically the book, the book of directions. And, um, yeah, I just, I I Mm -hmm. knew that the road was there and I knew it was historically significant and I knew I liked history and figured I'd, I'd kind of go back and forth between the freeway and the interstate and figure out what it was all about and, um, the, the long, long version of the story is that I ended up meeting Angel Delgadillo on that trip. And, um, I also, oh, okay. yeah. And I had stopped in, uh, Flagstaff, um, Arizona and loved Flagstaff and wasn't sure if I wanted to leave Flagstaff. So from LA Flagstaff's an easy day trip. So, you know, day drive. So I would go back to Flagstaff a lot for vacation, you know, long weekends and vacations and that kind of thing. And just kept running and stopping in and saying hi to Angel. And he remembered me every time out and just kind of pushed my my 66 interest uh, that way. And,
1: yeah. So who is Angel for, for people listening?
0: Angel Delgadillo is considered like um, the godfather of Route 66. He's the angel of Route 66. Um, he mm-hmm. is a bar- longtime barber in Seligman, Arizona. And um, right shortly after uh, 66 bypass was bypassed in Seligman, he started a movement to make it a historic highway. And so he's really the first one who who started work towards preservation and promotion of Route 66. And that was back in the 1980s. So and he's still alive. Okay. He still cuts hair occasionally. Um, he owns a gift shop in uh, Seligman. He's lived basically almost all of his life in Seligman. The only time that he didn't is when he came to Southern California for Barber College. Um, But aside from that, (laughs) he's lived his whole life in that town and, you know, he's, he's embedded in the town. He is the town in a lot of ways as he and his family. And, um, you know, he's getting up there. He's in his, I think he's in his nineties, like mid nineties now. Mm -hmm. Um, He still goes into the shop sometimes, uh, but his, his daughter's taken over for the most part, running it. And, Still family owned and, you know, people still come from all over the world by the busload to, to go meet him. So,
1: so yeah. pretty no, fascinating
0: story. I,
1: yeah. I hope I, I hope we get to meet him on our trip. I would, I would love that.
0: Just stop in, ask for him. If, he, if he's nearby and able, he'll come by.
1: Cool. No, that's good to hear. Um, cool. Let's dive into what's, um, I guess, what is the California Historic Route 66 Association? Why do you guys exist?
0: Well, the California historic route 66 association was founded in 19 trying to get my dates right. We just had our 30th anniversary. So 1990, um, and, uh, we're, our mission statement is to preserve, promote, and educate about route 66 within California. So, um, we have an annual membership of $20 a year and that goes towards, you know, our projects and preservation work and that kind of thing. Um, The last year and a half has obviously been a lot different than the previous uh, 28 were. So um, it's kind of changed our scope and and our our, um, projections and progress and all that. Uh, So we've moved a lot more online. We're doing a little bit more with social media. But um, Mm -hmm. what we've really picked up on is the education portion of our mission statement. And so we're doing monthly Zoom presentations. Uh, we've been doing those now for a year and a half, almost. Um, we started out doing two a month, and that was a little bit more than than our, our group could handle. Organizing and promoting and scheduling and all that just was a lot of effort. Um, so we're yeah. doing one a month now. Um, and we've been trying to send out every week this year, um, weekly email blasts that is just Hey, when it's safe and you feel comfortable doing it, go out and here's another spot for you to go and explore and another business to go look at or, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, the main thing for us has been education and and just getting the word out about what's out there. And if you see what we're doing, our our Zoom presentations have been pretty vast in terms of their conversation. Uh, Our last one was Ron Clements, who... Uh, the book is right behind me, but uh he just released a sports fans guide to route sixty six and it's just <laughs> a, it's a, it's okay. a fascinatingly different way to look at the road it's it's so amazing yeah um it's it's every every sport imaginable at every level from you know like just recreational fun you know like here's a golf course to go play golf at or here's the place where you can go equestrian riding all the way up to you know the the major professional sports and Mm -hmm. where they're tied into the road so we had that and we had ron on um we've had some detailed history conversations about places like camp cajon in uh, southern california which is in the cajon pass between the high desert and the and san bernardino but the los angeles basin basically Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's just a, a pretty wide array of, of topics. And we've talked about things like for me, it's a lot. I'm, I'm a unique uh, president of a historic roads group. I don't own a car anymore. So <laughs> we, we've talked about, okay. weird, you know, talked about different ways to explore the road, like exploring on foot. And in Los Angeles, it's, you know, we have a great mass transit system. So how can you explore Route 66 via mass transit? That was sure. one of our presentations. It's um, a lot of different different ways of looking at the road and trying to reach out to different audiences. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. That's what I kind of love about uh, Route 66. And I'm discovering is there's kind of the, you know, the, I don't know. It's like the first layer of stuff where you see where it's kind of all the uh, like iconic um, attractions and places to stop. And then there's like deeper layers of everything where it's like you know the sports fan's guide to Route 66. There's all kinds of stuff about that on there. And there's just like, to me, it doesn't seem like a one trip thing where you can just go and see it all. There's just so much to constantly learn and so much that is still even happening on the route.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing. I mean, the one, one of the descriptions I heard at one point was Route 66 is a living, breathing highway. And I will never forget that because there's so many things that change. I mean, 10 years ago, the only soda place that you would find on Route Six, and, and and I mean like sodas, like massive wide variety of of mom and pop, independent, local, whatever, just crazy weird sodas. There was one in Highland Park that's like half a mile. Highland Park is a, a portion of Los Angeles. And it's about half a mile off of Sixty Six, right? Well, now under the, yeah Galco Soda Pop Stop, exactly I love Galco's, one. yeah, great great place, and uh, so. I can't remember when Pops opened, but this place in Arcadia, Oklahoma, is now like one of the big, you know, everyone's got to stop at Pops. This place is Mm -hmm. great. Well, it didn't even exist, you know, like a decade ago. So, is it a Route 66 landmark? Well, not really. It's not. But it is definitely an icon. It's definitely a location that is a unique location on the road that everyone wants to stop at. So that's the perfect sure. example of a living, breathing highway. You know, places are gonna come and go. People are gonna come and go. Um, as long as the 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 vibe and the feel of the road is maintained. That any business is a Route sixty six business as far as I'm concerned, if it's on, you know, on or near the highway. As long as they keep that, that yeah. feeling going, you know?
1: So Yeah, heck yeah. Well and that that pop soda place has like a big, huge neon soda bottle outside, don't they?
0: exactly yeah and it's multi it's i think it's led i don't think it's neon neon
1: okay it's led
0: but but the point is it it changes color and it's lit up at night and it's like i can't remember how many feet hundreds of feet or a hundred feet or whatever tall it is it's it's pretty pretty massive and i'm sure it stands out i actually haven't been there i haven't traveled much of the road outside of california for for quite some time because it's just so much going on here but Mm -hmm. um But yeah, everything I've heard about that place is it's it's just uh, uh, the perfect exact example of what you want a Route 66 landmark to be. So
1: yeah, to me it sounds like yeah, quintessential Route 66 with a big you know attention grabbing you know structure out front and but it's just you know it's a modern one. It's not neon. It's it's LED. So uh, to me that's great. I love that that stuff is still you know being built and uh, you know just because it's not. You know, a hundred years old doesn't mean it's any less valuable to me.
0: Exactly. No, and that, that's kind of the things that I'm trying to point out too. Um, especially with Los Angeles for me, it's it's okay. Is it a mom and pop, locally owned place? Yes, then it's important to me, right? Is it mm-hmm. do something unique or have something unique? Or you know, for me with restaurants, is it a different type of food or just a really, really, incredibly good? version of that food you know and if it's on 66 i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and promote it like one of the places i try to get people to go to um on their route 66 trip is uh casa bianca in eagle rock for pizza
1: it's, ah, okay. you know it's
0: been there since like 1935 it still has working neon and it's considered one of the better pizza locations in in los angeles you know and it happens to be on um, one of the alignments of 66 so mm-hmm. perfect example you know it's it's not the norm it's not what people are are expecting or thinking it's not one of those landmarks that everybody knows about but it's quintessential route 66 so
1: yeah no totally so let's dive uh, since you brought it up let's dive into some of the you know the points of interest what are some of the the must-see attractions or restaurants or anything like that along route 66 in california
0: well, of course, I'm going to do the the plug that I have to do, and that is uh, the California Historic Route 66 Association website, which is route66ca.org. Uh, if you go there, you can sign up for our 66 must-see sites. Yes. And um, we th- this is a great story for us, too. We've had that out for a while. We're actually um, working on updating it right now. Um, but... It, we list 30 through in California. Route 66 only goes through two counties Los Angeles County and San Bernardino County. And San oh. Bernardino County is the largest county anywhere in the United States, not just on 66, but anywhere. So when we d- were doing our, our 66 locations to choose, we said, okay, let's make this easy and obvious 33 on one side for Los Angeles and 33 on the other side for San Bernardino. That was sure. probably the only easy conversation we had about what sites to include. <laughs> um, at the time, I worked hard on the Los Angeles portion because obviously that's where I live. That's what I know. That's what my experience is. And just for Los Angeles County, I, I came up with, I think it was about 100 sites that I wanted to include. Wow. So trying to whittle that down and talk about like, these are the the best quintessential some of them obviously stand out and, and they're really easy that you know you have to include. So from from east to west, since that's what most people do, um, some of the sites in California, of course, entering California, crossing the river, you got to look crossing the Colorado River, you got to see the bridge and you got to see the leaving California, welcome to Arizona sign. Um, there's Cardi's Camp in Needles, there's the El Garces Harvey House in Needles, there's uh, Roadrunner Retreat, the shirt that I'm wearing out in, in Chambliss, nice. uh, Roy's and Amboy, um, Ludlow Cafe in Ludlow, Baghdad yeah, Cafe. Roy's was,
1: the Roy's Cafe was just kind of, was, has it been restored recently or something?
0: Yeah. So Roy's, um, the story about Roy's and Amboy is, um, it was purchased, the, the town of Amboy was purchased, I want to say, about six years ago by Kyle Okura. Um, Mm -hmm. And Kyle is the founder of the Juan Pollo restaurant chain, which is based in San Bernardino. Wow. And his his point in purchasing the entire town Mm -hmm. was specifically to preserve the town as much as he could, and specifically Roy's. So they've been working to reopen Roy's, uh, which was a motel diner gift shop and gas station and at this point and they had originally like tourist cabins before they even built the motel room or the motel and the motel rooms so the motel and the cabins are not open the gas station is open but gas at this point is somewhere around six or seven dollars a gallon something like that nice. um and they obviously you know it's kind of like more of a oh uh I, I'm all about to run out and I need to get some. So I have yep. no choice kind of place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the diner's not open mostly because they have issues getting water out there. Um, oh. So they don't have the diner reopened yet, but they do have the gift shop open as well. And they're available. Um, they try to make themselves available twenty four seven for emergency services type stuff too. So if you're having, you know, problems or whatever, and you can get there, they can help you out and get you taken care of a little bit. So, but the big thing okay. for Roy's is in November of 2019 they relit their neon sign. They had done res- preservation and restoration work on it, and in uh, November 2019 they were able to finally get that sign relit and to tell you how okay, cool. big of a deal that event was not only was i there but so were the presidents of the Arizona New Mexico and Texas associations so really? the four the four western route 66 states their their heads of each of those associations was there for that event that's how big of a deal it was
1: yeah so. well i've been cuz i've been doing research on this so i've seen the the roy sign i i feel like it's for people listening if you don't know what that is if you go look up a picture of it i think you'll recognize it it's pretty uh it's kind of a landmark sign it's kind of it's pretty famous
0: it absolutely is it's been used in a lot of music videos and commercials and uh, tv shows movies the whole bit um i i sure there's a lot of photo shoots and everything that you'll see in like fashion magazines or whatever that have used mm-hmm. used the backdrop it's a it's a great location to shoot at there's a lot of wide open flat space in f- in front of and around the sign so you can pretty much set up whatever you need at night when that neon comes on now oh man it is fascinating it's so beautiful we're actually one of our preservation projects this is the appropriate time to 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 mention um, about I think it's about 12 miles east from Roy's is the Roadrunner Retreat. And the uh, California Historic Route 66 Association worked with uh, the property owner, Ryan Alexander, out there to um, secure a grant from the National Park Service. They're, we're going to begin restoration of their neon sign as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So within like 12 miles out there in the middle of nowhere, you'll have these two massive brilliant beautiful neon signs working again it's going to be a it's going to be a little bit wow. before the roadrunner gets up it's probably going to take two to three years because of the amount of work that needs to be done sure. so um but we're, mm-hmm. we've taken the first step we've worked with them and doing matching grants and all that kind of thing and the association has donated some of our funds for the for the restoration work so it's going to be pretty fast And that,
1: did you say that was with the the national park service that you're working with
0: Uh, Yeah. So the national park service has had a route 66 corridor management program for roughly 22 years now. I think, I think it was 1999 when it officially came to be. And um, the program itself is sunsetting. So this may be their last grant round. I'm not sure, but we were one of the, I think it was eight that secured funds. So pretty competitive, pretty competitive. A lot of, top-notch projects have have been worked on through that program over the years so to to get this grant is a pretty big deal so
1: yeah 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 and uh, i was looking through your website too and some of your projects that you're working on Yeah, i saw the the california route 66 corridor management project or management plan what is that
0: so we actually we should update the website i didn't even think about that um for the last 10 years or so, we've been working on a corridor management plan for Route 66 from Needles to Barstow, um, in, mostly in conjunction with the Bureau of Land Management, because they own most of the property that um, mm-hmm. uh, abuts the road out there. And in February of this year, we were actually um, informed that we have been selected, and, may, and that portion of road has been named a National Scenic Byway.
1: Oh, so, very cool.
0: Yes, very, very cool. It's a long time in coming for that. They had a long period where they were not naming new byways, and so this was the first round of new byway nominations and and and, and um, awards. I think in eight years or six years, it's, it's been a long, quite a long time since they had any byway byway additions, and so. You know for us to be able to add that to our list this year it's it's been a pretty big couple of years for for california it's really kind of amazing what all we've gotten accomplished so the byways so by with that
1: designation yeah what what does that designation kind of bring you or what does it mean is it funding or just kind of preservation or what is it
0: the the funding largely is for education and signage will be another um key component for us uh, so, for, uh, for that stretch of 66, though, we actually are not really in, in need of a lot of signage. Uh, the county has redesignated that as County Road 66, and the county is the one that does most of the maintenance. So, um, the funding for, for signage is not as big of an issue for us. It'll help with signage at the interstate and get people off the interstate and onto the road, hopefully. Um, but the educational component will be a big deal. It'll allow us a little bit better options in terms of, I mean, just things like the, what we're doing at the Roadrunner, for example. We'll be able to get more education out there about that and about what's happening, which will allow us to get more funds for that preservation effort, for example. Um, we've been working on a project, um, the El Garces Harvey House in Needles um they, the Needles Chamber of Commerce is opening a visitor center in the Harvey House. And so we were working on a p- grant proposal for them. Unfortunately, we didn't get it funded. So I'm not going to talk too much about it because we're working to try to get funds from additional places. But um, there's the hope that the byway can help with getting people into that visitor center as well and boost some of the Mm-hmm. the spending in that town. Cause for those of you who don't know, needles is really remote compared to the rest of California. Um, it, and this is one of the cool things that I learned from, from Ron when he was talking, uh, needles actually competes with Nevada schools in, in athletics because really? there's no California school near them. So <laughs> all of the nearest schools are in Nevada in Laughlin and, wow. and that surrounding area. So um, Needles, California is the only school in California that competes, or I'm sorry, it's one of several, but the only one in, along 66 that competes with Nevada school districts for okay. athletics. Um, that's how remote Needles is in, in terms of Route 66 in California. The next nearest mm-hmm. town of any size is Barstow. Um, I guess you could say Ludlow, Daggett, Barstow, that, like, that whole vicinity and even Ludlow is a good hour and a half away, so it's it's mm, pretty okay. substantial how isolated Needles is. So
1: right. Um, well, let's jump back to kind of the uh, like kind of the places to stop. Um, you had mentioned um, the Baghdad Cafe. So yes. what? It, wh- yeah, what is the Baghdad Cafe? Because my only uh, association with it is it's kind of a. From a legendary, like strange episode of um, Hewlhauser's California's Gold, um, oh, which is a very fun episode.
0: That. Yeah, you know, yeah. Episode. Even better than that. Yeah. Come on, tell me. Yeah. Okay, so um, two stories that will feed into each other. First, the bag- the current Baghdad Cafe is in the town of Newberry Springs. Okay. The original Baghdad Cafe was in the town of Baghdad, which no longer exists. Um, Baghdad was a small mining town, uh, more rail stop than anything, a, a rail siding, I should say, than anything. Um, but it burnt to the ground. I don't remember how many decades ago. It may have been as late as the 1940s, um, but it basically burnt. And there's literally the only thing left are a few of the, the grave markers in the cemetery. And that's about it. Wow. Wow. Um, but it was, it's, was located eight miles west of Amboy. And so that was the original Baghdad and the Baghdad cafe was there. And then in, I want to say 1976, I think I'm pretty sure it was the seventies. Um, a German produced French, no, a French produced German film came out called the Baghdad cafe. And there was a German woman in it whose name I can't remember. And a couple of other people, including Jack Palance was in it. Um, And it was basically the story of this woman who is traveling with her husband. And they have like the most possible falling out that you can have. He leaves, she stays in the desert and ends up moving in. And all of the quirky weirdness that happens uh, from there on out, and that—that's really where the Baghdad Cafe has maintained its popularity. So the current Baghdad Cafe was originally called the Sidewinder Cafe when the movie was filmed, and after the movie came out, they changed their name to Baghdad Cafe to capitalize on the film. So <laughs> currently, the vast okay. majority of people who stop there are French tourists by the busload. Wow. So, Um, unfortunately, Andrea, the woman that owns and operates the cafe, they've had a really, 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 really tough year and a half. Um, COVID forced shutdown for a while, uh, which basically meant no income for them for Mm -hmm. however many months they were able to reopen, but then they've had multiple issues. They had a fire, they had, um, the county sheriffs came, to uh, bring somebody you know bring somebody in on a misdemeanor charge and when they were trying to take him in they smashed multiple windows caused damage internal with tear gas Jeez. and everything I mean it was a huge it's a huge deal um, there's been uh, Andrea her her home I believe completely burnt to become uninhabitable I can't remember the exact details so don't hold me to that um, but our Facebook page, um, our Facebook group uh, for California Historic Route 66 Association has a, a, a pinned link at the top that's a uh, GoFundMe for support for mm. for them. Um, cool. But they've had a lot of problems out there. They're currently not able to be open because of the damage that the sheriff's department caused. So the cafe oh, itself is not open. But if if you stop in, Andrea will open up and let you come in and look around, and you know. If there's anything that you want from the gift shop, please, please help her out and support her that way. And like I said, the link is on Facebook. Um, But they've had a really, really, really tough year. But that place, is it's one of those quirky, you know, again, it's a mom and pop. Uh, They've owned it for, like I said, like 20 years or so now, I think. And she runs it herself. Her her granddaughter comes in and helps. Uh, She's one of the ones that we had on one of our Zoom presentations. We had um, her... And um, the owners of Flappy Jack's Pancake House in Glendora and the New Mel's Diner at the end of the highway in Santa Monica. We had the three of them on talking about food and um, the Andrea's granddaughter, whose name I cannot remember right now, um, was like the technical person. Helping her get out, get mm. out, get on to Zoom, and you know, get LinkedIn, and know what to do and how to to go about it. So she was on too, and the granddaughter right. is just such that perfect quirky personality that you just imagine her already <laughs> taking over when her, t- you know, when she's old enough that she'll go and own the the cafe as right. well. So yeah, the family owned thing cool. it's it's a huge huge issue, a huge deal just to get people to maintain their businesses and and hand it down to their their kids or grandkids it's it's kind of cool to see that that kind of thing happening out in in newberry springs so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's very cool i love to see that stuff and uh what the name of the movie was just baghdad cafe
0: baghdad cafe yeah okay i'm gonna have to check it out no h i always have to tell everybody no h in baghdad
1: right (laughs) Um, cool. Well, let's. Can we just keep going west? Any other um, sure, places we yeah. should mention? So
0: once you get past Baghdad Cafe and Ludlow Cafe, um, Daggett Airport, believe it or not, is this really cool little. It's, it's, um, it was a World War II used military airport. It's a city owned and operated airport, but they've got all these weird old hangars and stuff. It's just kind of a nice little, neat little unexpected stop. Um, we were fortunate with the association that we were able to get a tour out there a few years ago. It was just one of those funky places that you would never think to go to, but it, it's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Um, there's a lot actually in Daggett right now. They've got a museum out there that, they're, that they've opened. I think they might still be closed because of COVID, um, but they've got yeah. their own museum in Daggett. They've got a great little market. Out there, and then uh, um, there's the old inspection station. So, if you've seen the movie Grapes of Wrath, which you know most Route 66 enthusiasts have, um, mm-hmm. you kind of get to know the story a little bit of of the inspection stations in California, and they're supposedly inspect agricultural inspection stations. You know, got to keep those fruit flies out of California, right? Well, th- the purpose during uh, the Depression and the Dust Bowl was actually to keep non-Californians out of California. And so Mm -hmm. L.A. County Sheriff or L.A. County Police, the L.A. Police Department were actually the ones that were staffing most of the inspection stations at that time because they didn't want migrants coming into Los Angeles. So they would turn people away literally by the hundreds and and more on a daily basis during the Depression. But there's an old inspection station um, between Daggett and Barstow. Uh, So I think that was one of the ones used in Grapes of Wrath film, too. So that's pretty cool.
1: No cool. Um,
0: I mentioned the El Garce's Harvey House in Needles. There's another Harvey House called the Casa del Del Desierto in Barstow. And that one houses the, I think it's the North American Railroad Museum and the Route 66 Mother Road Museum. It's also the home of Amtrak and Greyhound for Barstow. Um, beautiful, beautiful brick building. It's really incredible. And both museums are outstanding. Um, Both of them are are pretty, pretty large and really good displays. Um, So let's see, Barstow, keep going. The big one, I think for everybody, this is like the quintessential Route 66 um, quirky stop is Elmer's Bottle Tree Ranch. Oh, sure. Dale. yeah it's or is it mm-hmm. Hellendale? i think it's Helendale. um this it's just mm, huge amounts of bottles on metal poles with different arms coming out and they catch the light different and it, it's just a whole bunch of stuff i mean you can't describe it you have to see it there's <laughs> no way to describe this place um unfortunately elmer passed away elmer long was the owner and he passed away about a year ago. Um, his family yeah. is doing the best that they can to keep the grounds open. So for the most part, you can, at the very least, you get out and you can look in from, from the fence on the outside. But they're trying to keep somebody there all the time. And, and I think it's the um, nephew, I think, is who it was that's trying to stay out there most of the time now to keep it open. So, I'm getting mm-hmm. like about a 50-50. I'm hearing about people saying that it is and is not open when they go. Um, okay. Definitely, you know, got to stop. Even if, even if you can't get inside the grounds, just from outside, it's still incredibly beautiful. Um, continuing, oh, I can't forget the one of the things with California, we have more bridges on Route 66 than any other state. Oh, really? And it's like more than double the closest. So Oklahoma has the most miles and we have the most bridges. And the reason nice. why is because in the Mojave desert, you had all the washes. So you had to have a bridge over all the washes. So that's why we right. have the most bridges. But I bring okay. this up because there's this beautiful through truss bridge, uh, just outside of Victorville. So that's your, your next iconic stop is going over the, the Mojave river on that, that beautiful, uh, bridge there. Um, Emma Jean's Holland in Victorville. If you can get there for lunch, um, the Victorville has the California route 66 museum, which, uh, is an auth- another incredibly well done museum. They've got some great displays, a lot of inner or some really good interactive displays. They have the, um, what's left of Hula from miles Mahan, um, which is a whole nother story that really, you've just got to go to the museum and see it and, and hear it from them. Okay, um, I wouldn't do it justice and you'll, you'll want to stop there anyway. So I'll let them tell that story, but um, that museum's fascinating. They've got a lot of local regional history as well. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they've done really well from the local standpoint. Um, another great museum there. Um, once you get past Victorville, it starts to change. It, it becomes a, a little bit different. And it's kind of a love it or hate it thing I think a lot of people have with Los Angeles. Um, but once you get down the hill, once you get down Cajon Pass into the L.A. Basin and you hit San Bernardino, it starts to become metropolitan a lot more. You have a lot more stoplights. You have a lot more stop and go. Um, yep. The the pass really is the difference maker there. Um, Camp Cajon in the pass is, is probably – your last you know rural stop that you're going to have and then you've got about 100 miles of of traffic lights so (laughs) i know people complain i know they hate traffic and they say it's not worth driving but you know when you start to look at what's left to see um, on that last bit i know we were what 40 minutes in already and we're just now getting to la right yeah (laughs) um uh, I'm going to run really, really fast down this list because at this point, everything does come fast. Okay, In San Bernardino, you've got the McDonald's Museum, the Military Museum next door to it. You've got the California Theater. Um, you get to uh, Rialto and you have the Wigwam Motel, Bono's o- Historic Orange in Fontana, uh, the Richfield Station in Rancho Cucamonga um wolf's market in claremont is a family-owned market that's been there since 19 the market has existed since 1917 and it's been in its current location since 1935 um and i think they're still fourth generation family-owned at this point oh cool um i think the fifth generation is getting close to ready to take over though um Trying to think, what am I missing? There's so much more. Donut Man in Glendora. I skipped ahead a bit, but Donut Man is like oh, an essential perfect. Fam, again, it's a mom and pop. Um, Japanese American. His name. His first name is Jim, and I can't remember his last name. But he founded the place in the '60s or '70s, and still owns it. Um, they're famous for their strawberry and peach donuts, which you can only get in season. Ooh. And oh, it's, oh. it's massive. So you, you get this donut, basically it's just like a regular, you know, regular plain old kind of iced donut, but it's about like this big around <laughs> get it in, in screen there. It's about that big around. Right? Yeah. Right. They slice it in half and they load it with fresh strawberries and then this like strawberry oh, wow. jam type stuff. And then they put the top back on.
1: And oh, it's like a $5 so donut,
0: <laughs> but it's amazing. It is so good. Um, definitely, definitely, you know, get there for breakfast. And if that's not enough, then you can go get your four egg omelet down the street at Flappy Jack's because they're (laughs) only, you know, like half a mile away from each other. Um, once you get LA, LA County, it's, it's so hard to start naming all the places. Um, Mm -hmm. literally in LA County, there are a hundred national register of historic places, landmarks, within the route 66 corridor, literally a hundred national that doesn't count literally thousands more local landmarks within the the corridor. And I mean, literally it is, it's about 2000 because I was compiling the list. It's, it's massive. (laughs) Um, but I think if you wanted to just look at, at highlights in LA County, um, you have to look at the Colorado street bridge and the gamble house in Pasadena, the Rose bowl, we talked about sports earlier. Rose Bowl is over mm-hmm. highly overlooked. It's a National Register landmark. It's visible from Route sixty six. Obviously, you know everyone knows about it for the Rose Tournament of Roses game and everything. But there's a few other big things about that. I mean, the Tournament of Roses parade that is New Year's Day every year goes right down Route sixty six for almost the entire length of its its run. But the Rose yeah. Bowl.
1: I was in that parade in in uh, two thousand eleven.
0: It's, it's uh, pretty fascinating. Just If there's a Supreme Court justice as the Grand Marshal, just don't go because it's going to rain. That's the only thing I'm going to warn you. That's the only time it rains <laughs> okay. is if it's a Supreme Court justice. That's um, funny. But, but the Rose Bowl is also the only stadium in the world that has hosted a Men's World Cup final, a Women's World Cup final, and a Men's Olympic gold medal soccer game. Wow. The only stadium in the world to host all three of those. So that's a pretty huge deal. And as a soccer fan, of course, for me, it's an even bigger deal. Right. Um, Let's see what else. We mentioned uh, Galco's Soda Pop Stop in Highland Park, uh, area of Los Angeles. Chicken Boy in Highland Park Mm -hmm. uh, is the westernmost of the uh, famous muffler men and the first one in which they intentionally uh, altered the the, um, form that they were using to make them with. So they
1: yeah. They what off. what is the muffler man story?
0: So it was originally, of course, a uh, an advertising gimmick for a muffler company, and basically you had these these sixteen foot tall fiberglass statues that the the guy would be holding a muffler. Um, but for Chicken Boy, when they when they changed it, instead of having the hands like this holding the muffler, they turned the hands inward and put a bucket of chicken in his hand. <laughs> But they also gave him a new head. And the new head was a chicken head. Right. And so Chicken Boy was actually for a chicken restaurant on Broadway in downtown Los Angeles near 5th Street. And his his mom, we called him Chicken Boy's mom, Amy Anue, um saw him, loved him, um and heard that the building was being torn down and wanted to know what was going to happen to a chicken boy. And she was able to arrange in the middle of the night, just before the building was destroyed, getting down there with a crane and pulling chicken boy off of the roof of the restaurant. Whoa. And then stored him for 15 years, paid for him to be stored because she didn't have a place to put him back up. And so she finally was able to get um, the the building that he's in now is Future Studio. It's an art gallery and gift shop. And uh, she was able to get permission, go through all the permitting process and everything to to get Chicken Boy to be put back up on on the roof of her building.
1: So wow, very cool.
0: He is the Statue of Liberty of Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That well said. That's good.
0: Yeah, it's not. That's not mine. That's not mine. I can't take credit for coming up with that. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I can keep going. I mean, the landmarks in LA are are amazing. It's.
1: I mean, yeah, you, you've done an uh, amazing job here, Scott. This is a uh, incredible, how, we should say, for anybody that's listening and not watching, you've just done all this from memory, too. It's incredible. Yes,
0: yeah, that's yeah. The, um Well, I, in fairness, you know, I did in 2003 write a book called Finding the End of the Mother Road, Route 66 in Los Angeles County. So I spent three years doing hardcore detailed research and getting to know the road and being out on the road and literally testing mileage from point a to B at what point do you have to turn left? At what point do you have to turn? Right. So I got to know the road very, very intimately. And then um, I also started doing walking tours, which haven't officially announced, but we're looking to start those back up again. Hopefully, hopefully this, this winter, um, mm-hmm. but the walking tours were a fantastic way to, to really see that sh- what you hadn't looked at. And it was kind of also for me, the beginning of getting back to, or getting to the point of being car free, you know, when I started walking LA and seeing, seeing a lot more and then getting on mass transit and seeing a lot more, I've realized how much freer i a- I actually am to explore, you know, it sounds kind of backward because I can't easily get anywhere. But the point is now when I'm on my way somewhere, I'm exploring and I'm able to look out the window. I'm able to see everything that's going by and and actually look at it as opposed to looking at the car in front of me or the traffic light or whatever. And so for mm-hmm. me right now, my big thing in, in telling people about Los Angeles and 66 is to get them out of the car, not in the car. Yeah, If you really want to wow. see the road in L.A., you got to get out of the car. And mass transit is an absolutely incredibly easy way to do it.
1: Cool, that's good to hear. Because I feel like uh, maybe the the misconception of LA is that it's a it's a car town. You need a car to get around because the the mass transit isn't that great.
0: It's actually one of the best mass transit systems in the nation. It, it, it sounds backward when you think about it, but I mean, people complain. Like uh, I went down to Long Beach a couple months ago. Right, mm-hmm. it took me about an hour and a half. Okay, from where I live in in South Pasadena. Driving would probably have taken me 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. So would it have been faster? Yes. Would I have been three times more stressed when I got there? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, The the point is, though, that the mass transit setup is humongous in terms of the geography it covers. The number of miles covered by our mass transit system is astronomical. Mm -hmm. And when you put it in that perspective – and think of it from, from that term, it's really a, a fantastic system and it's only getting better. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They're definitely improving it too. I think it maybe that just stems from, you know, people think of the the subway in New York and, you know, LA doesn't really have that. Is it, is it mainly kind of the, the buses that you're talking about or are the trains? Yeah,
0: both, both really. I mean, um, well, a, a couple of things to think about and, and, my, my brief history, transportation history lesson here. Um, <laughs> you look at places like Chicago, Los Angeles, I'm sorry, Chicago, New York, you know, basically any major city that existed prior to 1900. Those places all grew up. When they got bigger, they grew up. They didn't grow out because they didn't have a car. Right. Well, Los Angeles didn't get big until post 1930. And at that point, everybody had a car. So right. they didn't grow up. They grew out. Phoenix is the same way. Phoenix is is a new city. It's growing out. It's not growing up. Mm-hmm. And so it's harder to have a mass transit system cover that ground because it's just mileage-wise so much. It's huge, right? So you can't really get a good mass transit system because the car – was the thing that let them grow as opposed to the transit in the first place. So that's kind of why you think of it a little bit differently in LA.
1: Yeah. But the,
0: the system itself, I mean, you use the rails to get to the buses. You still have a little bit of a last, what they call the last mile. Yeah, a little bit of an issue with that last mile, um, mm-hmm, the, the distance from the bus stop to the home or work, you know. Um, but the system itself is pretty vast. Like I said, I was able to get down to Long Beach easily. You know, I'm yeah. able to get to Santa Monica easily. I can get right to uh, basically right to the, the pier in Santa Monica without setting foot in a car.
1: Yeah. And, and you don't and, have to worry about parking either too.
0: Ex- and that's one of the things that I, I readily tell everybody as well. You know, do you want to, do you want to park your car to go look at this landmark and then 20 minutes later go park again and pay for parking twice? Or do you want to park at union station for $8 for 24 hours and take the train all the way out to Pasadena, all the way out to, at this point, Azusa. And within the next couple of years, you're going to be able to take it all the way to Claremont,
1: you mm-hmm. know?
0: So, and and that's all in the Route 66 corridor, you know? So, you can do all of that portion of 66 on one train.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: So, why wouldn't you, you know? Like, why pay for all that parking? Why spend all that time sitting in your car in traffic
1: mm-hmm. when you
0: can be moving on the train? So
1: yeah. No, that's good. I need to take more advantage of that. There's even a, I mean, just, I don't know, less than a mile from us, there's the uh, downtown Long Beach train that goes all the way and, you know, puts us right into all the uh, the LA infrastructure. So yeah, I need to start taking more advantage of that stuff.
0: It, it really is good. Anytime you want to hit me up. And this is the other thing I tell people, uh, not just you, but everybody. Anytime you want information about Metro in LA, feel free to reach out to me. I use it all the time. I have friends who work for them. Anytime you want to know ideas of unique places on 66 that you can get, you know, in LA area, feel free to reach out. You want help planning a route 66 excursion in Los Angeles area or, you know, how to spend a couple of days, feel free to reach
1: out. Nice. Cool. Appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, this was great. Um, And let's tell people, I think we should send them to your website, like you mentioned. It's route66ca.org because there's, I'm, there's, it's great. You have all the, mm-hmm. everything kind of that we talked about is listed on there. Plus a ton of other, you know, historical points and and PO, POIs are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll send people there. I'll have a link for for people to click on that. Um, anywhere else we w- should send people to to get more info, like social you talked about.
0: Yeah, so our Facebook uh, group, uh, California Historic Route 66 Association on Facebook is, is pretty active. Um, we've really picked up a lot this year with, you know, COVID kind of keeping us indoors a little bit. We got a little bit more active there. Uh, we're not very active on Twitter or Instagram. So I, I'd kind of point at the Facebook one. It's just kind of a generational thing, I think, for uh, for who our board members are and everything. Um so I definitely look at that um, and really, honestly, you know, to reach out to me directly, use the, the association website. There's an email contact form on there and that information comes straight to me. So anybody cool. wanting to reach me, that's the easiest way.
1: Awesome. Love okay. it, Scott. Yeah, this was so fun. Appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to share all this with us and you just, you get me so excited for the, our trip coming up. I can't wait to do it.
0: I'm happy. I, I can't wait to hear about your trip, Travis. That's what I want. I want to come back and have you tell me all about it.
1: <laughs> I'll teach you a thing or two.
0: I think you probably will. Like I said, it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been outside of California on the road. So. Right. Yeah, I know.
1: Cool. Well, thanks again, Scott. I appreciate it. And uh, have a good weekend.
0: Thank you very much. You too. Take care.
1: And that's it, folks. Episode 117 is done. Our Route 66 series adventure is done. I think. Maybe there'll be more. But uh, it doesn't have to end. You can visit Route 60... No. Visiting... you. It doesn't have to end. I'll start that over. You can... <laughs> this is a tough one. It doesn't have to end. You can visit visiting66.com and follow along on that uh, journey of ours. Uh, you know, on the whole road. This is wordy. Sorry about this, but uh, I'm just so excited to, for Route 66, I guess. Uh, so thanks for being on and, and listening to the end. Thanks for Scott for coming on um, and sharing all that. That was a really fun episode. Um, I'm Travis DeRose, the host. You can email me, Travis at curiosityness.com, uh, or find me on Instagram at Trav DeRose. And that's it. I'm just going to say it again. You can visit visiting66.com and just see all this route 66 stuff cuz the the adventure isn't over. There's lots on there and more to come. Lots of good stuff. So, um that's it. I, I just need to end this episode now. I'm rambling. See you in 100 ep- oh god. See you in episode 118.